This is Koinonia. This is Community. I am Tom Brown and your host for today's program, Mark Buckley. Welcome to Koinonia. This is Mark Buckley sitting in today and I'm glad to be your host. With me in the studio is Noe Garcia, a new pastor in the valley, North Phoenix Baptist Church, one of the great iconic churches in this valley. Welcome, Noe. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we want to get to know you. A lot of folks uh, maybe have heard there's been a change at North Phoenix and um, the new upgrade. Uh, Tell us about yourself. (laughs) Well, man, I um, have one beautiful wife, just one. Uh Um, We've been married six years. And so we met in California when I was out in seminary out there. Where'd you go to seminary? It's now Gateway Seminary, but it was Golden Gate Baptist Golden Gate, and that's you right. went in Mill Valley? That's, that's right. my alma mater oh, there, that's man. It's incredible. Of course, I went back in the day when you could audit classes for all the classes you wanted for $25 a semester. Oh, wow. And so I, I did a year. If it cost me 75 bucks oh, at man. Golden that, Gate. That would have been nice. Yeah, that was... They, I think they changed the policy when they realized a charismatic guy like me snuck into their situation. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, um, where, where were you going to church when you were in Marin? So I actually worked for a Valley Baptist Church. Oh, you did? Yeah, I, was a, I started off as the 10-hour-a-week uh, guy uh-huh. working at, focused on young singles, young yeah, adults. Yeah. I transitioned to a full-time youth pastor position. Um, I actually met my wife out there. We met uh, in August. Um, we were engaged in January. Married in March, pregnant in June. Oh, congratulations, Thank you. It man! Fairly That's my stomping grounds. I grew up in Terralinda and oh, in man. San Rafael, yeah. in Nevada. Oh, yeah. So the church was in San Rafael. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know it very well. My wife used to go there back in high school. Okay. All right. Um, okay, Noe Garcia. Uh, when did you start following Jesus? Man, it was. Uh, you know, I wasn't raised in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family. My dad is from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Houston. My parents were divorced when I was about six years old. And so I was raised by a single mom who did the best she could. Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up me really focusing on getting affirmation from the streets and from the guys in the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it led me to really following bad influences and, and hanging out with gang members, thinking I was a gangster at a young mm-hmm. age, again, looking for that affirmation. Uh, very early age, I picked up sports. It's kind of mm-hmm. what gave me my worth and value. Uh, along with sports, I uh, picked up the... The drinking, the drugs, mm-hmm. um, just everything that comes along with that lifestyle of somebody searching for some kind of purpose in life. Yeah. Um, and it really led me nowhere. Um, man, at the age of 18, I, I remember um, one night I was so broken and so lost um, that, that I, I used drugs. I, I drank as much as I could, and I was numb, and I was tired of life. I felt like there was no purpose and no hope, and, and I was just done. And I would question the existence of God. I questioned why I was born into the the family I had and didn't have a dad and I was kind of having a pity party and uh, I was so deep in despair that I tried to commit suicide at the age of 18. Um, that was kind of a, a awakening moment for me. Um, it wasn't necessarily I need Jesus. It was in my life. I just want to check out. Something again. needs yeah. to cha- you know, needs to change here and so um, I ended up moving in with my grandmother to get away from these negative influences that I had. I just wasn't strong enough to fight. I moved in with my grandmother um, I ended up working, waiting tables, six days a week, didn't have any friends, was lonely as could be. At the same time, I started training to go play college basketball. So I would train, I would play college, to play college basketball, I would work. Mm-hmm. I started playing uh, basketball at the Salvation Army, and they'd mm-hmm. open it up for inner city kids, and they'd share the gospel, and we'd play again. And I, for a long time, I'd sit in the back, and I would just make fun of the guy sharing testimonies. Yeah. 
I just thought it's great for you, but that didn't work for my life. How is Jesus going to help my situation? One particular um, Friday night, I'll never forget, the guy sharing um, had tattoos from, from his wrist to his neck. And I remember, I want to hear what this guy has to say. We're going to find out more from Noe Garcia when we come back. He's a new pastor of North Phoenix Baptist Church and a man who loves Jesus with all his heart. Stay tuned. I'm Mark Buckley. We'll be right back after these messages. Good afternoon, Tom Brown on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. This is Koinonia, and your host today is Pastor Mark Buckley from Living Streams Church. You've heard me talking about it all morning. Today is the last day for you to be registered to vote here in Arizona. Don't be dismayed by the presidential election. There are still plenty of reasons for you to be registered to vote, equipped and informed, but you have to be registered. You can do that at azpolicy.org, azpolicy.org. Welcome back to Koinonia. I'm Mark Buckley, and with me in the studio is Noe Garcia. And Noe, you were telling us you were listening to um, a guy with tattoos giving a <laughs> testimony on about Jesus, and it got your attention. That's right. As a young 18-year-old, you know, kind of mm-hmm. raised by the streets a little bit, you— um, those kind of guys catch you. You feel like you can relate to right, them for right. some reason, right or wrong. That's how I felt. He started sharing his testimony mm-hmm. about this Jesus that's changed his life. And uh, I remember him giving the invitation, and I, I stood up from the very back of the room, and I walked forward. And I remember my prayer wasn't deep and theological. It was simply, God, I don't know if you're real, but if you are, here's my life. Wow. Uh, take it and do whatever you want with it because I can't do much. Mm-hmm. And I, I promised him to follow the best that I could. And I went home that night, and the first thing he had me do, he said, I want you to break up with your girlfriend that you've mm-hmm. been with for three years and start fresh, focus on me. And I asked him to give me the strength to do so. If it was him, he gave me the strength. I did that, and from there, it's kind of a, just a man, transformation. Um, a lot of my bad habits didn't just fall apart and fall mm-hmm. away. Uh, there's still temptation, but I sure. fought through those things, obviously, through the Lord. I went to play college basketball at East Texas Baptist University. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, from there, majored in kinesiology. Mm-hmm. I love studying about the body. Um, played basketball, ran cross country. Uh, I graduated. Um, looking for a coaching position. Nobody would hire me. Um, then this church calls me from Houston and says, hey, we need a college intern. I said, I'll be your college intern until I find a real job. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I get there, and it's a church called Second Baptist Church. Oh, yeah, with Ed Young, huh? Ed Young, and I had no clue. I wasn't raised in the church. I didn't mm-hmm. know about this mega church. So I show up, and I thought, well, this okay, this is going to be a new, new ball game here. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So all I knew is I was getting paid to love on college students and to yeah. be a sports pastor. Uh, by that August, in the summer, they asked me to come on full-time. Went on full-time. Loved it. Was there for about almost three years. Decided to resign and go to seminary. Uh, went to seminary. Met my wife. We were married. I moved to Nashville. Spent some time in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And then Arkansas, uh, which which we thought we were going to be in Arkansas for the rest of our lives, as far as we knew things were going. You loved it. You were, tell oh, us man. about the church you were with. I was at a cross church in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ronnie Floyd he was the uh, 
prior SBC president. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was a college pastor there, did some chaplaincy for the University of Arkansas Razorbacks as well, mm-hmm. football team, baseball team, some basketball stuff. And so uh, really, man, I felt like I was in my wheelhouse there. It was easy. It was natural. I had a true passion for that. Um, there for almost three years, then uh, God started really just stirring in the area of being a senior pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I was, I am, but I felt like I was way too young. It's way too early. Right. At 32 years old, have no experience of this. A lot of insecurity, no experience, sure. not a good combination. Um, North Phoenix Baptist Church called. Um, I've never heard of this church. I, I know now it's a strong legacy church. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that then. Um, we really prayed on it. Uh, I didn't want to go anywhere that God wasn't leading me. I didn't want to self-promote myself. I didn't mm-hmm. want to go anywhere for position. Uh, there's just no safety in that when things yeah. get hard. And so uh, he made it very clear it was time to pick up and leave. And, man, I tell you, we shed tears. Uh, what we That's were seeing, a good sign, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. If people can leave easy wherever they are, that means they don't have any roots. They don't have any <laughs> yeah. real connections. Yeah. And, and we're called to love one another. Right. If we really love one another, it's not going to be easy to, yeah. to leave and move across the nation and, and restart. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's hard for your wife, too, because she left some really good friends, probably. Absolutely. Man, we've never been to Phoenix. Yeah. And so just to hear God say yes was all we needed. And, and of course, the calling's never easy, right? You right. do it because it's out of obedience and it's the right place to be. And always, people ask me why. What we were seeing in college ministry is we saw a ministry go from about 100 students mm-hmm. to, at one point, we had a service outside. It was 2,400 students. We probably wow. averaged about 1,200 students or so who yeah. were in and out of our ministry. You see salvations there, and that's a place where you just God's don't working. Leave. Yeah. God is working. Right especially when you know it's God and not of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for him to call us out, we were just so confused, and uh, we shed a lot of tears, and it was definitely challenging. But people ask me, why would you want to leave this mm-hmm. to come to a place that you've never been? I just say, because the safest place for me to be is in the will of God, even when I don't understand. And um, that was our strength. It still is our strength, as a matter of yeah. fact, Yeah, is to, to know that our calling, that we always lean on our calling when we don't understand. And right. Sometimes that's all we have is a calling, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's really critical for you and your wife to be in unity, too. Oh, and man. she felt good about it, too, huh? I wouldn't have come. God's yeah. always united our hearts. Yeah. Um, and I, I wouldn't have come if, if I had to bring her kicking and screaming. Uh, right. God has given me a wife who is um, just obedient to the Spirit of God and doesn't mm-hmm. hold on to the tangible, man. I, I'm so thankful for that. She could have... I uh, said, oh, no, we have a brand new house here. Right. She has a great group of friends. Our, our kids were in free Christian Academy, right? Yeah. And, um, but man, she just laid it all down and she understands the importance of following God and the Great Commission and, uh, and having our yes on the table for God. So, Noe Garcia is the um, new pastor of North Phoenix Baptist Church. And, Noe, everybody starts out with some things that you know are critical to you, that you want to impart to your congregation, yeah. some, some values, some vision. Yeah. What are some of the things that you're declaring that, that are foundational life yeah. principles that you live by that you want your congregation to embrace? Man, I, t- I tell you, it's uh, one thing that probably comes out of my mouth often from the pulpit, it's a common theme, it's just just who Christ is, man, the unconditional love, the come as you are. I say that often. Mm-hmm. We're a church that believes that you can come as you are. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have to bring to the cross and to the table, Jesus is big enough to handle it. And and, and most people think, well, i got to get better before I come to church, or right. i got to get better before I come to the cross and give my life to Christ, or i got to get better before I get baptized. And I always feel like, listen, we can't make ourselves better. 
uh, we're in the mess we're in because we try to take control of our own lives. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just, I preach that, man, a God who takes us with dirty hands every single day over and over and over. We can truly understand uh, his unconditional, graceful, merciful love. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it, it changes everything. It changes the way we function. It changes the way we see ourselves. It changes our value. Mm-hmm. If you see, we can get a comprehension of the way God loves us, just a comprehension of it, it changes everything. Because most of us, if we're not careful, we can end up living in our guilt and shame right. for what we're not doing right. right. Instead of declaring who we are in Christ, we often declare what we're not in Christ. Right. And that's where the enemy wants you. It's wants you to function out of that false identity of who you used to be, not who you now are. Right, right. Because one of the penalties of sin is, I mean, even when you're forgiven, you still have a mind and you right. still have a heart. That's right. And there, it, it, it takes a toll on us, but we also have a brand new yeah. life in Christ. Right. You're not defined by your past. You're defined by the grace that God has poured out on you. That's right. Man, and the good, I mean, we're not, we're not de- defined by our past sin. We're right. not defined even by our present sin or our future sin. That's, that's what's great about it, right? The cross, mm-hmm. right? It just covers, it's timeless. Amen. And, and so it never ends. But that, that's what I want our people to comprehend. Um, and once we comprehend that, we almost, we serve Christ and share Christ out of the mm-hmm. overflow of who we are in Christ. Amen. We can't Amen. do that if we, we're not in that position. Now, you've inherited a church that's pretty big and a facility that's massive and yeah. a budget. And, and how are you feeling in terms of the pressure? <laughs> oh, man, listen. My wife and I, we first walked down campus, no doubt, and I said, Lord, these are a size 13 shoe. I only wear That's nine right. and a half. That's right. I don't belong here. What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And um, that, that's really led me to an everyday dependence of the Spirit, man. Mark, I tell you, I don't want to function outside of the Spirit. Yeah. And, and God is is very easy for me. I just turned 33, but it'd be very easy if I'm not careful. Mm-hmm. I'm human. I can get egotistic, right? I can right. begin to think, man, I'm young pastors, big church, big facility. Um, I think the moment I get there is the moment I've entered danger zone. Right? That's right. If I'm not right. careful, it's almost the point of no return. That's right. And one thing I always preach to myself, and my wife reminds me, as quick as God got us here, he can remove us from this place. And so my heart now, I just want to shepherd the hearts well. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody told me, Greg Mott, uh, First mm-hmm. Baptist Houston, uh, he, we had a conversation upon me coming here, and he said, do two things, preach the word of God and love people. Amen. Just focus on preaching the word of God and loving people. Amen. So I'm doing that the best that I can, that I know how to. I have a lot of growing to do in mm-hmm. both areas. Sure. And, and, but I'm well, trying. Well, we all do. I mean, it's we're we're just following Jesus too. That's you right. know, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself because I'd like lead a discipleship group in our church, and uh, I'm already preaching on Sundays, and I'm preaching on Wednesdays sometimes, and then and now I'm leading a discipleship group, and and finally the Lord helped me realize, you know what, Mark. Just be a brother. Mm-hmm. Be a brother with your brothers, right. and don't don't think you always have to be the teacher, the man, and right. and because that's bottom line. That's why Jesus said, "Don't call any man father." You've got, you know, a father in heaven, and I'm your master, and you guys are just brothers. You that's know, right. that's right. Um, so you've had some mentors over the years. You've worked on a number of different staff. Who are some of the folks that have the Lord's used? to really be a blessing to you that you see in them uh, certain things that you want to emulate in your own life and ministry? Man, the Lord has allowed me very early on. Um, I always feel like he's put me on this fast track um, and always places me in positions that I'm really not ready for that I kind of grow into. And he's allowed me to be under some great pastors, Dr. Young, for one. Man, uh, you see Ronnie Floyd, 
Um, the guy by the name of Doug Page, um, even Kevin Ezell when I was on North mm. American Mission Board. These are all men who love the Lord and who fear the Lord before they fear men. You know, sometimes yeah. in leadership, we don't make the right decisions because of what it, how it puts us in odds and opposition with men. And so sometimes mm-hmm. we just don't make any decisions, even when we know God is calling us to make the hard decisions. Yeah. These are men who have made hard decisions for the sake of the gospel, even when it puts them in opposition with man sometimes. And I've learned that, man, being in leadership, it's like being a referee. Yeah. No matter what call you make, somebody's not going to like it. Right. But the worst place to be is not to make a call. Right. And so um, these guys not only have a heart and dedication to the Lord. Think of Ronnie Floyd, where I just came. He gets up at like 3.30 in the morning, spends about an hour and a half with God. I got a saying that I've learned from him is, man, give your mornings to God. Mm-hmm. And I've worked very hard at that. That sounds like the middle of the night to me. It's <laughs> morning. Some of us are just going to bed. But he's just such a godly man. Mm-hmm. When it's time to make that hard, tough, on-faith decision, uh, they make them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, I look back and think, well, no wonder why they are where they are in terms of ministry size and reaching people for Christ. Because Tell us about that church. Well, when we come back, (laughs) my guest is uh, Noe Garcia. He's the pastor of North Phoenix Baptist, one of the great churches here in the valley. If you're looking for a good church, I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams, just up the street from North Phoenix. And uh, we are glad that you're listening to this interview. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. I trust that your afternoon is going well on this Columbus Day. Some of you have the day off, which made it uh, a lot less traffic for those of us that had to work. <laughs> Not saying anything. Good afternoon, Tom Brown on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. This is Koinonia. You can hear it every weekday afternoon at 2 p.m. and on the weekends as a weekend best of and online all the time. But right now, let's return Mark Buckley on Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Welcome back to Koinonia. My guest is Noe Garcia. Um, Noe, what what are some of the things that have surprised you since you've been here in Arizona, both in terms of the culture uh, and also the church? Yeah, um, man, you know, I lived in San Francisco for quite some time. And so this culture is not crazy different. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the kind of culture I actually um, almost feel more comfortable. Gosh, in. Gosh, I do, man. I feel so comfortable in the diversity yeah. of the city. And my wife is um, obviously Hispanic. My mm-hmm. wife has an Irish background, oh, yeah. blonde hair, green eyes, completely mm-hmm. different from what I look yeah. like. Uh, Where is just, she from originally? She's from Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Um, somewhere down the line, her parents mm-hmm. and grandparents are from Ireland. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, but I, I feel like you know our, our marriage almost kind of represents the the city the and diversity, some, the, the yeah, diversity yeah. of the city, and to have kids that I call my remix kids who are <laughs> hybrids. But um, so the culture we love. Do you it, speak any Spanish? I do. I Wonderful. do. Wonderful. Yeah. Are you fluent? 
Uh, it depends what you want to uh, uh, how you define, define it. fluid, <laughs> right? Fluid, and so um, you know, it's one of those things where if I go to Mexico for a week, I become absolutely fluent. But uh-huh. I don't speak it to my wife, obviously, so I feel like we're a little rusty at times. Yeah. Well, you know, it's going to be awesome that over half of the Valley of the Sun is going to be right. Hispanic, man. That's the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's the future. You know, we've seen the growth. We kind of knew this would happen mm-hmm. just because I'm Hispanic, but we've seen a huge growth of diversity in that area in our really? church. Really? Absolutely. Congratulations. It's been a, um, since three months that I've been here from the pulpit, I have the advantage mm-hmm. of seeing. Yeah. Um, and man, we, not only Hispanics, but just an overall strong, strong diversity. Wonderful. Uh, which, which we had a heart for. So the church has been growing since you arrived. Thankfully, yeah. Praise God. Yeah, Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, what are some of the differences? What, I mean, like you've been in San Francisco Bay Area, which yeah. some people feel like is oppressed. I, that's my hometown, <laughs> you know. I was born in San Francisco, grew up in Marin County. Um, people say, oh, I feel the, the weirdness in Sedona. I'm like, weirdness? Give me a break. It's nothing, <laughs> man. You got nothing. Oh, man, yeah. Um, but it is a different culture, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. What, do you, what have you enjoyed about it? Here? Yeah. Or San Francisco? Here. Here. Uh, I think, I, man, again, I, we, my wife and I have always desired diversity, mm-hmm. and I love um, just the diversity here, and, and it, the reason why is I always feel like it's a glimpse of heaven, yeah. right? What heaven's going to be like. Every tribe, every oh, nation, every language he has purchased with his blood. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I love seeing that. I mm-hmm. love seeing, when you think about diversity, I might only mean diversity and ethnicity, diversity economically as well yeah. um, in, in our church and seeing that. And, man, mm-hmm. I told my wife, I, I love seeing the guy with, sitting with a suit on yeah. and the guy sitting with shorts, the long tee, and a flat bill hat uh-huh. with tattoos up to his neck. Yeah. Right? I, I love that picture because it's a picture yeah. of the gospel. Yeah. There are no barriers to the gospel. Right. And so I think that's the number one thing we love here um, so far. And so, again, three months strong here. Uh, kid friendly. We love. There's a zoo here for the oh, kids. Yeah. There are museums here. Yeah. I'm a huge sports guy. And so what do you like? What kind of sports? I'm a huge basketball and football fan. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. And so, um, you know, the, being able to go to Phoenix Suns game or going to Cardinals game, and uh, so that's that's fun. That's going to be fun. It is. We're we're very fortunate. I mean, we're in a capital city, one of the largest cities in America, and there are no geographical barriers. And and what's awesome too is the the body of Christ has got tremendous unity. You know, you, you hear the, the, the skeptics on the sidelines saying, oh, all these churches are divided. That's not what I find, man. I find the pastors in this valley loving one another and building relationships and working together to make the kingdom of God known. Yeah, I mean, man, I'll tell you, I've been in, in Houston and in San Francisco and Nashville and Arkansas now here, and I can, I can confidently say uh, this is the first place where I feel like it's been such a unification yeah. in pastors. Now, that could be because I was the first time a senior pastor. I really don't know, uh, but I, yeah, I think you're right. So well, you've been welcomed, huh? Very strongly welcomed. That's awesome. Absolutely. Well, we are glad to have you here. So what are you preaching on these days? Man, we're going to the book of Acts. Oh, good. Yeah, it's been you know one of those things where I think for our church, it was mm-hmm. just a good reminder almost as a new pastor to hit the reset button. It's a legacy church, yeah. and sometimes at a legacy church, if you're not careful— you, you want to live uh, in the legacy. You want to live yeah. in, in the past. You want to live in the glory days. And so um, part of what I wanted to do is just breathe new, fresh air mm-hmm. on uh, the, the, the importance of the vision, the mission of the church, why it's even created in the first place. And so I think Acts has been good for our people. Um, Wonderful. 
um, seeing the spirit move in, in the services and, and mm-hmm. seeing people get saved. And I think it's just, it all kind of has been tied in together at the fresh new start. Now, are you giving altar calls? Oh, man, I don't know how not to. Good. Yeah, Good. And, and, you know, people, you know, they, they I heard altar calls are kind of an old school thing. and man, I don't think so. You know, I, I might have some old school blood in me. You know, I love to listen to old school music as well. Uh-huh. I'm like Otis Redding fan, those kind of yeah. guys, man. I'm old school in the soul. But, um, yeah, I don't know how to not give an invitation. Uh, in fact, when I speak at Christian universities, I give an invitation, yeah. and students usually get saved. And that just proves, man, we can't sure. ever assume, right? And so right. I do. I give one every time. Good, good. Well, you know, people need to be challenged. Right. They need to be challenged in their faith. And, yeah. and you're not, I, I was just sharing from uh, Romans 2 yesterday, and, and it says, a man is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision just, you know, it, it's inwardly. That's right. It's not the outward thing. It's not just, and if you're not a child of God by being born in a Jewish family and being circumcised, then you're not a child of God because you were born in a Christian family or even go to a Christian church or university. It's got to be an inward reality. It's got to be the circumcision of the heart that only the Holy Spirit can do through the blood of Jesus. That's right. Yeah, man. So for those invitations, I give them for the believer and the unbeliever, right? Mm -hmm. I just believe that the revelation of God's Word always calls for a response. It does. For the believer it does. and for the unbeliever. So no so, doubt I give it. Um, if somebody was to show up at North Phoenix, um, how do they navigate their way? It's a big campus. <laughs> it is, man. And we're working on better signage. I realize that as a new guy coming in with fresh eyes, uh-huh. you see these these big buildings everywhere, right? And you think, okay, which one's a sanctuary? For the yeah. common person who's been coming, they know where it's at. Um, then it's you'll see a big cross. Yeah. That is the entrance right there. There's a big cross right in front of the biggest building uh, there and so you drive right up and the big cross that's how you know the entrance doors we're going to get signs to let people know when you drive in where where do i go good investment uh, we haven't had that but we're going to get that and and what's your service time 10 30 10 30 sunday morning 10 30 you're going to fill morning. that place up eh? Uh, hopefully the lord does man he does well unless the lord builds a house that's right they labor in vain that's right. so on one hand jesus um he was done at 33 years oh, old man. right yeah that's my fear but, well, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, we always feel young. I still feel young. I'm yeah. 66, you know. You have more hair than I do. Yeah. Well, we feel young, but um, the reality is Jesus was able to accomplish what he needed to accomplish. And I think he had a, a remarkable majesty in terms of knowing what he was supposed to do right. and what he wasn't supposed to do. Right. And as a pastor, that's one of the biggest challenges for us, right? How do you know when enough is enough, because on one hand, the work is never done. I mean, it's like you're a a father of a family that's got 5,000 kids in the family, you know. How is it ever done? How how do you keep yourself emotionally and spiritually healthy with the pressures you have? Gosh, man, that's a good question. You know, I I have a fear that I become a great minister and a poor family man. Yeah. I have such a fear because I've seen it so often done. And so one thing I do um, I used to, when I told people no in the mm-hmm. church, you realize sometimes they get offended or upset. Right. And so I started saying, well, I'm going to tell everybody yes, not to offend my church members. But while I was telling everybody yes, I would offend my own family, neglect right. my own family. Right. So I finally decided if I'm going to hurt somebody uh, unintentionally by saying yes or no, it's not even my family anymore. Right. Good. And so, um, man, I, I, you know, I tell this to my staff, when your, your child has a game, if you have to leave at three, leave. Mm-hmm. Go to your child's game because church, the work is never done here. Right. Go right. to your child's game. 
Um, and so I model that. And that, that empowers them, right? Man. Absolutely. I mean, that makes them want to work with you, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm a huge, I mean, there's even times where my staff may not like it. I'll pull them aside and say, listen, I've noticed you've been gone four nights this week out of your house. That's too much. Like, that's not, that's not okay. You can't sustain that. No. And I, and I really don't give much of an option. Mm-hmm. I tell them that's not okay. You're going to lose your family if you're not careful. And so, um, yeah, I try to put in good parameters. There's some weeks that just, yeah, they're just busy, right? And it just right. stinks. But for the most part, I always, in my mind, am very, um, very intentional with my family. Mm-hmm. Fr- family Friday is what we call it. The mm-hmm. kids know it. My wife knows it. Church knows it. Family Fridays. That's well, your. That's a sacred day for you guys. Oh man, don't touch me. Mm-hmm. I'm focused on the kids. We're going to the zoo. We're getting junk food. We're watching mm-hmm. movies together. Mm-hmm. It's all about the kids. How old are your kids? I have a son who's five. Uh, Daughter who's three, mm-hmm. and a seventh-month-old daughter as well. Congratulations! So, we Thank so you. you're going to be going to a lot of games in the years to come. Oh, man. I can't wait, man! I can't. You wait. will definitely enjoy it. Um, so you've got a staff. Who are some of the guys on the staff at North Phoenix? Yeah, there is a John Shillington. John, he's a, he's a legend there, man. He's been mm-hmm. like 30 years. He was the worship guy. Mm-hmm. He's transitioned now to my right-hand guy. He's an executive guy. Wonderful. He's an incredible man, and. And, uh, you know, one thing we prayed for, you come in as a new pastor, mm-hmm. uh, there's this trust that needs to be built up. Right. There's right. loyalty that needs to be And people are anxious. Or am I going to get uh, fired or yeah. whatever? Huh? Yeah. And you can kind of sometimes, you know, sense it. You can yeah, sense sure. that tension. And so John's been unbelievable. He's been answered prayer. Mm-hmm. So loyal to me. Uh, it's, it's comforting to know that here's one guy who doesn't even know me well yet, yeah. but has my back. Yeah. Uh, Robert Como is another guy. He's a worship pastor, mm-hmm. uh, loves the Lord. The only fault about him is an LSU fan. Oh, yeah. Um, so, well, Les Miles just got fired. Well, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So <laughs> so uh, Andy Gray, is, uh-huh. these are executive-level guys. He's our CFO. Mm-hmm. Um, great man, loves the Lord, talented, gifted guy. And so these are guys who are better than me in many areas. Well, they've been in ministry longer than you, some of them, right? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's John, humbling too, isn't it? You're exactly right. Yeah, and even I thank them often because they don't have the attitude of, hey, I'm older than you. We yeah. can't learn from you. They have really easily submitted under um, my authority as a leader and pastor yeah. um, and just been respectful in that. So it's been awesome. That's awesome. My guest is Noe Garcia from uh, North Phoenix Baptist Church. He's new in the valley, but not new in the faith. He's a man of wisdom and anointing, and we're glad to have him here. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of this interview in just a moment. azvoterguide.com. Write it down. If you're not registered to vote, that's where you need to go. azvoterguide.com. Today's the last day to register online. We really, 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 really need your vote in this election for so many things, uh, Proposition 205 and others. In fact, I'll have a representative from Center for Arizona Policy right here on Coinonia Wednesday 
to talk about the importance of this upcoming election. But you need to get registered right now. azvoterguide.com. Now back to Koinonia with your host today, Pastor Mark Buckley. Welcome back to Koinonia. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. And with me in the studio is Noe Garcia from North Phoenix Baptist. Noe, you, you mentioned uh, your your passion for preaching the word and the book of Acts you're teaching through right now. What are some of the things you're wanting to see develop in the community at North Phoenix and in the community at large through the ministry you guys have? Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, gosh, I, I have such a, a, a passion, such a heart when you read the word of God and just you just sense the power of the word of God in it. And I, I've just always had this yearning and desire and, and prayer that, I just don't want to read about that power. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to stay in the pages. Yeah. I want to experience that power. Before I die from this earth, mm-hmm. I want to experience the power and hand of God in a way to where there's no doubt we only give him the credit. Yeah. We can say that wasn't the preaching. It wasn't the worship. That was only God. Yeah. He's want, shown up. That's right. That's right. And that's what I want to experience, man. I just, gosh, I want people to come to know the Lord. And you think about Phoenix, almost 6 million people. Yeah. Um, how many people don't know Christ? Yeah, it's like, well, 80% of them aren't going to church anywhere. That's and right. we could, th- there's no competition between churches for members. The truth is we got competition with the world. That's right. You know, the world, That's the right. flesh, and the devil is what's keeping people away. Yeah. One of the things that makes me sad, too, is that there's a lot of people in this valley that have had a relationship with Christ, but they're way too casual about the church. Yeah. And and they think, well, you know, what difference does it make? You know, I love God and it's yeah. a personal thing. But no, if you love God, then you'll listen to Jesus. And Jesus tells us to be committed to one another. He tells us to love one another. You can't love your wife and not show up. That's right. That's <laughs> you know, right. you can't love your kids and not show up. You can't love Christ and not show up. He said to Peter, if you love me, take care of my lambs, That's take right. care, feed my sheep, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like joining a, you know, when I made college basketball team, I remember I don't even care if I play. If I just sit the bench with this jersey on, I'm good enough with that because I've made the team. Yeah. If we're not careful as Christians, we hey, I've said the prayer. I believe in yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I'm good enough. I don't need yeah. to be part of the church. I don't need to join. And I think that's one of the one of the lies and one of the schemes mm. of the enemy that complacency to, right. to you right. just sit the bench and don't do anything for Christ and you're good right there. Yeah. And um, you know, that if we're not careful, that's American Christianity sometimes. I know, I know. And the Lord, you know, gives us that parable of the talents to talk about right. um, the guy that just buries his talent and because he's afraid that, well, he could lose it or whatever. Well, if you're burying it, you have lost it. That's right. You know, and there is consequences for that. I I get worried that, Lord, I don't want to be lazy, man. Mm. I want to, my, I, I, one of my good friends just died suddenly. He was on a mission trip and he died of a heart attack. And I had laid hands on him um, two days before to send him out on this trip. His name's Michael Kassenbrock, a wonderful surgeon and, and brother in Christ. And I re- he's younger than me. And I realized, you know, I don't know how much time I have left. Mm-hmm. I want my life to count. To count. You don't right. get a reward for what you have in the bank when you die. You, you only get a reward for what you give while you live. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I told our, st- our church yesterday as I'm preaching, uh-huh. I said, you know, we all have an expiration date. Yeah. And we, we don't know an, what it is. We man. all know what it is. That's the scary thing. Yeah. And so we just live full out for Jesus, man. Yeah. Experience the most that we can. And then you're free. Then, then you're, you're free. free. 
That's you're right. Free. That's where freedom really happens. That's right. right. That's right. To hold it all together. It's letting it all go. That's right. And that's why the rich man has trouble with the kingdom of God because he's right. trying to hold on to everything. And Jesus said, basically, what he was saying to the guys: "You could let it go of all of it, and and I'll be there for you. I'm that's not right. going to leave. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you." Yeah. And it's hard to trust, isn't it? It's I hard mean, to trust. And, and, and I've, I've preached on that before. I'm sure you have as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember hitting on the reason why he probably couldn't let go was because his stuff defined him. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't know what he'd be without his stuff, right? Yeah. He was known as what the young rich ruler. Right. Without that, he he needs a new identity. That's right. And so Christ was trying to give him. And the Lord always challenges us. Look at Abraham. I mean, when he was Abram, he was, you know, he was a well-to-do, upper middle class guy in a nice little city. But there wasn't much going on in his life, and the Lord basically said, Hey, you want to come with me? Yeah. We're going to take a walk. You know, I'm, I'm taking a walk. You're going to come. And because he was willing to live, leave security, mm-hmm. he became the father of many nations, the right. spiritual father of all of us. That's good. And, and that's the same with the rich young ruler, same choice. And it's really the, the question the Lord has for everybody. You had the question in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You had the dream job, you know. You could go to conferences. You could be a hero. You didn't even have the pressure of worrying about how big the offering was on Sunday, right? Nope, not you at all. <laughs> and and will you, are you willing to let it go? Yeah. It's a good word. It's a good word. Yeah. And, it's, and yet it's not easy for anybody because trust easy. is something God is always working with us on. You know, you read when he calls the disciples, they put down their nets, mm-hmm. they put down their livelihood, what they're doing, and they follow him. And then I always just think, what Scripture doesn't tell us, what was going on inside of their yeah. emotions. Yeah. Were they crying? What were they leaving? Was there a struggle? Were they scared? Was, what was going on in them, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wish Scripture would have said, and they felt this way while they were doing it. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't. Which... That, that's our job, though, right? <laughs> that's right. We'd be out of a job if we out of a job, out. right? And so, yeah, man, you're exactly right. Well, you know what? You know, you were talking about experiencing the power of God. And um, I think it really struck their hearts when they fished all night, caught nothing. Mm. And Jesus said, you know, go give it one more try. I want you to cast your net over here. That's right. And they're like, Hey, we we have, we are. This is our gig, you know. We know how to fish. They are not schooling up. No, yeah. Tonight, you know, and yet he said, "No, do, trust me, and do it one more time." So, oftentimes, it is finances that the Lord will use mm-hmm. to show His power. I mean, that's what tithing's all about. Where He said, "Trust me, and and give, and see if I don't open the windows of heaven." And and we have to preach that to people, not because. Our salary is going to be affected. That's right. Or it's not really about us. It's we want people liberated to know the power of God in their own life, the provision of God, that it's not really all up to them. Nope. Yeah. Okay. So, Noah, you're a dad and you've got a dream for your kids. Your kids are going to grow up um, in a fishbowl to a certain extent. People will be looking at them to see, you know, and, and that's not easy for any child but what are some of your hopes and dreams for your children? Man, I, I pray something over my kids all the time. I, I want them to be a warrior for Christ. Um, I think by the time they're, as they're growing, mm-hmm. um, the world's become more and more intolerant to the gospel. Right. And it's going to be easier to, to deny Christ. It'll be easier to be a closet Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want them to be warriors for Christ, man, to stand firm in Christ, to... To, to really 
uh, be rooted in Him and who they are in Christ, and mm-hmm. and to own that, and to be sold out to Him. I don't want them to make the mistakes that I made and learn the hard way, because uh, you know sin sometimes leads scars. Yeah, it does. And uh, I don't want my kids those scars, and uh, so I want to do the best that I can to lead them in the right way. But ultimately, man, the profession it really doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. I just want them to love the Lord. That's neat. That's it. So it's not you're not going to pressure him to follow your footsteps along those lines. No, absolutely not. In fact, I, I sometimes my wife and I talk about. I'm afraid that he might become a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, man, it's a. You know, I, I loved those years when our kids were young because one of the things that became really nice for us was bedtime, when uh, yeah. I would tell them stories. I'd tell them, you know. Yeah. Jonah and the fish, and David and Goliath, and Daniel and the lions, and then act it out. Yeah, and, we do that. And throw them on the bed, you know, when Jonah gets thrown off the boat. That's and, right. And they absolutely loved it, and it became a really good bonding time for me and my kids. We do that every night, man. Do you? Like, Dad, tell me a story. Yeah. Sometimes I, it's biblical. Sometimes I just make it up. Yeah, yeah, and they love it. They, oh, man, they eat it up. Those are those are some of the most precious things in all the world. I And my kids were raised on those kind of Bible stories. And then, you know, when uh, 2000 and, uh, you know, 9-11 happened, my son went to Afghanistan as an engineer to do engineering missions. Like the the powder hadn't even gone dry you know my daughter went one of my daughters went to kyrgyzstan and and she was with ywam and mm. and we got a email and Kyr- kyrgyzstan's on the edge of the earth as it is and it, we get an email from her she said dad the ywam leaders want to get your permission for me to go back into the mountains with a girl a local girl here to meet with her family and i'm thinking if the YWAM leaders in Kyrgyzstan are not comfortable <laughs> with what she's oh, doing, yeah. what is going on? But we gave her the go-ahead because we raised our kids to believe that God was present and that he was powerful. And and uh, I'll tell you one more story. You're the guest. And I'm not supposed to be telling all my stories. But <laughs> That's all right. I had, my two boys were, on a, uh, were up at Lake Tahoe. And they're, they're playing on the riverbank while I'm fishing in the Truckee River. And they're like, Dad, Dad. And I'm like, quiet, quiet. I'm getting a bite. You know, they're like five years old and three years old. Dad, Dad. And I'm like, quiet, quiet. And I'm, I'm concentrating on the water. Finally, one of them yells, Dad, it's a bear. And I look around. There's a big it's a black bear wow. right on the bank above my boys. And my son, Philip, who's three, is like, should we get him, Dad? Should we yeah. get him? Because I'd always talk to him about, you know, David taking care of his dad's sheep and, and defending the sheep and fighting the bear, fighting yeah. the lion. The first bear they see, should we Let's get, get him? him? I'm like, no, no. It's a fly, which you've been teaching yeah, us, right? I go running out of the water as fast, rebuking the bear in Jesus' name. Fortunately, he, he walked off. But, I mean, they were ready to go, wow. right? The first bear. Wow. So anyway, I, I applaud you for that, Noe. And, and so obviously you want to have a great children's program in your church too. What, what, do you, what do you want those teachers that are teaching the kids to do? Yeah, man, I, you know, at their age, uh, they don't even know the Greek and Hebrew, mm-hmm. right? I look at my son and they're at that age and daughter. Uh, it's the, when we teach a story on, on Abraham, you know, obviously we act it out and then mm-hmm. we leave them with the focal point of, of faith. Yeah. And just those biblical principles, man. 
And those people that are teaching Sunday school are just as important for you as anybody in your church, right? Because they're going to mold your kids. Right. If you volunteer in your church, you are molding the next generation. You are going to make a mark in their life they'll never forget. That's right. We're going to continue this uh, interview, wrapping it up in just a few minutes with Noe Garcia, pastor of North Phoenix Baptist. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. guest has been Noe Garcia. It's been a blessing having you here, Noe. Tell people how to get to North Phoenix Baptist, when your service is, what your website is. Yeah, Bethany and Central. Can't miss it. You can't miss it, man. Right on the corner. Um, If you're not careful, you'll see this big church and and almost there's an intimidation factor. But man, the people inside are absolutely loving uh, service at 1030. When I say come as you are, we truly mean come as you are, however you feel comfortable. We have people dressed all kinds of ways. And like I say, if you feel comfortable that way, come that way. And so 1030 every Sunday morning. What's your website? It's nphx.org. nphx.org. All right. And uh, if you get lost, we've actually had people get lost on their way to your church. They end up at our church, which is the corner of Central <laughs> and right. Glendale. A little bit smaller, but just as loving. And wherever... Noe and I both believe in the local church. We believe in Jesus, but we believe in commitment to his people. Make a commitment to God's people. That's how you grow up, isn't it? That's right. Absolutely. That's how your life is transformed, not not in isolation, but in community, in the body of Christ. Well, Noe, I hope this is just one of many interviews you'll be doing, and uh, may God open doors for you and bring your heart's desire to pass at North Phoenix Baptist. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a blessing. And thank you, folks, for listening today. Um, I'm Mark Buckley, and um, I get to do this every Monday. And I hope that you'll be listening, and I hope that you will make yourself available, whether it's to serve in a Sunday school or to come alongside your pastor on staff. I hope that you'll prepare yourself, that you'll be a doer of the Word of God, not just a hearer of the Word. I hope that you will have the courage to share your faith boldly at work or at school, that you won't just keep it to yourself. I mean, this is our time. We are here for such a time as this. We have opportunities, and we want to make our lives count. Let the light of Christ shine through you. Use every gift you can, and you'll never regret it. Thanks for being with us today on Koinonia. Koinonia.